The Holocaust, 1941-1945 The mass murder of the Jews by Germany, a modern nation-state within a civilization that included Brahms and Beethoven, demands some explanation. Any event in history, once it has happened, can happen again. The Holocaust can be a warning, or it can be a precedent. We must, as one historian put it, make sure that the Holocaust remains a warning and never becomes a precedent. The other thing about all historical events is that they are all, in principle, explainable. People made the Holocaust happen, not just Hitler and his gang, but a cast of tens of thousands of ordinary people were necessary to bring it about. We can therefore explain the Holocaust, realizing, as we do, that because humans engineered the Holocaust, we humans could do it again. Nobody wants to believe that in each person there is a little Eichmann or a little Himmler, but it appears to be true all the same. Some people called the Nazis bestial, acting like beasts, but this is a lie. The Nazis were all too human in their behavior. Only humans would do what the Nazis did. Wild beasts would not have caused a holocaust, and to suggest otherwise is an insult to the animal kingdom. The nature of Hitler's form of government made a holocaust possible. The holocaust may have been intended by Hitler, but he kept his intentions secret and never issued an order on paper. What he did do was make his intentions known in general in speeches. For example, in January 1939, he said that if the Jews of Europe create another world war, it will not be Germany that will suffer, but it will be the Jews. Of course, the slide towards war was being caused by Hitler himself, not by the Jews. But in a colossal example of projection, he was blaming the Jews for what the Nazis were doing. It seems more likely that the Holocaust was the result of Hitler's desires, but that it could never have been accomplished had it not been for the people who worked for Hitler and the citizens who backed him up who were, according to the language of the time, working towards the Fuhrer. Hitler would make his intentions known with language like the speech that I just read to you, and they would try to do as much as possible to realize the vision that he seemed to reflect in those speeches, working towards the Fuhrer. So, when people created concentration camps where Jews were sent to die and where death was put on an assembly line, this was an example of either an unwritten order from Hitler or many, many people working towards the Fuhrer. There's an argument among historians called the argument of intentionalists versus functionalists.
Intentionalists say that Hitler always planned to kill the Jews. Functionalists argue that he did not have a plan, but that the war and the radicalization represented by the war led to the Holocaust. It is more likely that something in the middle was the case. Hitler may have intended the Holocaust, but only the bureaucrats who worked for him and countless citizens who assisted him by working towards the Fuhrer could make the concentration camp complex a reality. The Holocaust did not make sense from a strategic standpoint because the Nazis diverted scarce resources from the effort to win the war to the effort to destroy the Jews. They would rather lose the war against the British, the Russians, and the Americans than to lose the war against the Jews. The Holocaust was based on a conspiracy theory. They thought that the Jews were involved in a conspiracy to destroy Germany and the peace of the world, when in actual fact, it was the Nazis that were engaged in a conspiracy against the peace of the world. And it was the Nazis who ended up destroying themselves and their country with their irrational fears. They blamed Jews for all the problems of the world. They blamed Jews for the Soviet Union and communism. They blamed Jews for capitalism and the Great Depression. But you couldn't blame the Jews for both capitalism and communism and make sense in the process. The Nazis were wrong. The Jews were not unified on any question. They were not powerful. They represented less than 1% of the population of Germany. And they were not unified in any sense. But that did not stop the Nazis from blaming the Jews for all the evils of the world. And this was the main motive force that led behind the gang of Hitler and his henchmen. They were important in terms of sending messages, but they could not have succeeded in accomplishing the Holocaust without a cast of tens of thousands. From the earliest moment that the Nazis took power, persecution against the Jews occurred. In 1933, when Hitler came to power, the Jews were stripped of certain rights. In 1935, the Nuremberg Laws went much further and stripped Jews of the right to vote, hold certain jobs, intermarry, and have freedom of movement. In the years that followed, further restrictions were imposed on the Jews. Many Jews wanted to leave the country, and the policy of the Nazis was to force them out. Not until 1940 or 1941, perhaps as late as 1941, the Nazis were not trying to kill the Jews, but to make life so miserable for them inside Germany that they would be forced to leave. The Jews would have left if they had somewhere to go, but the rest of the world would not relax their immigration restrictions and permit refugee migration into their countries. Britain was particularly bad, but so was the United States. In fact, 
the United States was much worse than Britain in terms of imposing restrictions on refugee immigration to the U.S. The situation in Germany became much worse in November 1938 when you have the Kristallnacht pogroms against the Jews. A pogrom is a mob action, usually against Jews, but in the case of the Kristallnacht pogroms of November 1938, this was a government-ordered pogrom that was that occurred all over Germany. The Nazis ordered people to burn synagogues, beat up Jews, break into storefront windows, and the shattered glass gleaming in the streets was the pretext for naming this Kristallnacht, or Crystal Night. Many Jews were taken to concentration camps. Many were killed. And this was sometimes thought of as the beginning of the Holocaust. When the war broke out and the Nazis defeated France, the Nazis had possession of the French colony of Madagascar, which is off the eastern coast of Africa. The Nazis gave some thought to deporting the Jews to Madagascar. But lest you think this is an example of the Nazis' tender feelings towards the Jews and their reluctance to resort to mass murder, you need to think again, because Madagascar was such an inhospitable environment that deporting the Jews to Madagascar, even if the Nazis could have found the ships to do it, which they could not, would have been basically a trip to death. The Jews would certainly have died in Madagascar. They would not have been supplied with food. There was no food to be had. And therefore, the idea of Madagascar forecasts the Holocaust and the mass murder of the Jews rather than contradicts it. When Hitler planned the invasion of the Soviet Union, and launched it on June 22, 1941, he made it clear that he regarded the Slavic population, tens of millions of them, as untermenschen, inferior men in other words, and that the population would be worked to death as slave laborers, so that all the land would be resettled by Germans. Hitler's secret police followed the regular German army into Russia and established special mobile killing squads called the Einsatzgruppen to kill the common people with special attention directed towards the Jews. This was the beginning of the final solution. This was called the Holocaust by bullets because each person was killed by a single bullet. This was before the camps were established. No thought yet was directed towards building camps, but mass murder was the goal on a colossal scale in terms of millions, not hundreds of thousands. The Nazis tried to keep the Holocaust secret to prevent a world reaction, but also to prevent the victims from creating problems during the killing. But the world, even when it learned what was going on by late 1942, did almost nothing to publicize or respond to the Holocaust. The Nazis made people write post-dated cards to send to their relatives, saying that everything was well and that they were having good food. And then the Nazis would hold those cards back 
and mail them months after the victims had been killed. The reason the Nazis switched to building a complex of death camps is because they did not like the effect of the Holocaust by bullets on certain human beings. Not on the victims, mind you, but on the killers. The killers were forced to kill people up close and personal. And this had an effect on the killers that was not what the Nazis desired. Many of the Nazis had to ply themselves with alcohol in order to get through it, and psychological problems attended this type of killing. So the Nazis decided to switch to gas in chambers operated remotely within special camps built for the sole purpose of putting mass murder on an assembly line. Death camps were established all over Eastern Europe, with the worst, Auschwitz, in Poland, where two million people were killed. By the end of the war, six million Jews had been killed, the vast majority of Jews in the world. Very few European Jews survived or returned to their former homes. What is the significance of the Holocaust? Many people think that the Holocaust made the state of Israel possible, that the state of Israel was created by the world or permitted by the world because of the Holocaust. But this is a misreading of the situation. More Holocausts would have meant fewer Jews and less likelihood of a state of Israel ever to take place. It is a myth that the state of Israel was a kind of consolation prize for the Jews for having suffered so much in the Holocaust. The significance of the Holocaust is that it was a rupture in the history of Western civilization. It raised the question as to whether Western civilization was, in fact, civilized. Many things in history had raised questions about this before, for example, imperialism, but the Holocaust was something different. If human beings in the most civilized state in Europe could mass murder millions of people just because of who they were, what about the future? What about other human beings? What about other centers of Western civilization? Could it happen again? The verdict of historians is that it could, but that it must not be allowed to. And so this has changed people's view of what human beings are capable of. And this is why we have so many memorials and museums to the Holocaust all over the world, including on the Washington Mall in the United States of America. The United States did not cause the Holocaust but the United States did not do much to prevent or stop it either. So this is a warning and a precedent for all people. In addition, the Holocaust created a concern for something new called genocide. Genocide was a word coined as a result of the Holocaust. It is the attempt to eliminate every single individual of a particular group and to destroy the group as a whole. And this is what separates the Holocaust from mass murder. Many millions of people were killed in the Holocaust who were not Jews. But when we use the word Holocaust, we're talking about the mass murder of the Jews. Some people wonder, why do we make these distinctions? Well, it's because the murderers made the distinction. In other words, they were trying to eliminate only one group 
in its entirety, and that was the Jews. We can talk about crimes of humanity, but genocide is a different type of crime. In crimes of humanity, you have perhaps millions of people dying, but they are not being killed as members of a group, and the goal is not to eliminate their ethnic group in its entirety. With the Holocaust, the goal was to do just that to the Jews. This has nothing to do with the suffering of individuals. Every individual suffers the same, regardless of what their ethnicity is. This is not to say that the Jews suffered more than other groups. It is the intentions of the killers that are being discussed in questions of genocide, not the suffering of individuals. The suffering of individuals is always the same. There is a controversy, for example, as to whether the near extinction of the American Indians represents a holocaust or whether slavery represented a holocaust. The problem with describing slavery and what happened to the Indians as genocides is that there was no government program to mass murder either group. Slaves were to be worked for the benefit of the owners, and Indians were to be moved aside or killed if they were in the way of national expansion. Both of those things were evil, but they don't technically meet the definition of genocide because the government in neither case was trying to eliminate every single member of the group. And the attempt to do so by a nation-state with all the technology and wealth and organizing principles that a nation-state has to bear on a situation makes genocide a new and potentially catastrophic crime, a crime catastrophic not only for its victims, but for the world and the concept of civilization itself.